everyone. Dave and Jeff. It is March 27th, 2022. Crazy that it's almost April, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. I know. It's, you cracked me up. You did this to me last month and made me laugh. And then now I, I couldn't agree with you more. But, dude, it makes us sound old when we do that shit well, because I'm like, is this an age thing? Because no. all of a sudden it feels like 2022 is flying by. No, I think the problem for me, Dave, and in, in honesty it is, I think starting with 2019, starting with 2019 when Machado and Tatis were going to be on the roster yeah. for opening day, 2020 obviously was different because we were right in the middle of COVID. But then 21, the excitement of coming off of what we saw for 20 um there's an energy this time of year especially here locally because it's baseball season and i'm sorry with all respect to to kevin ac and dennis lynn and annie and the rest of them dude it's just not there and and the problem is for me and and not to be a wet mop you say i got a feeling on this one too go ahead not to be a wet mop right out of the gate but i'm like God damn, has the window already closed on this team? And I hope I'm wrong, right? I hope Clevenger comes out and Snell, it has. Snell and Darvish and all these guys. But I I think, Dave, what I do is yeah. I play, you know, the short game and then I play the long game, okay. right? I want, I, I want to hear you figure this whole thing out in your head. And I'm looking at the short game and I go, man, we we nothing happened. Like, literally, for the first time that I can remember with this team, nothing happened. And there had been some kind of excitement, some kind of flash, or a couple of different moves. Yeah. And the Pete Seidler-AJ Preller combination was insanely exciting. And, man, we felt so relevant. And, look, when you have Machado. Who who do you blame right now? Why why do you feel like nothing's happening? I blame Pete Seidler. Okay, why? Because he won't spend more money? No. I, I blame Pete Seidler for refusing to acknowledge that there's a problem. And he okay. refuses to acknowledge there's a problem. Okay. Well, be direct. Are you saying who's the problem? Are you saying it's AJ? Oh, 100%. Okay. So it sounds like you're saying what I'm thinking right now. What I'm thinking is, yeah, there's a major problem. And the problem is some guy has spent all your money mm-hmm. on a – don't go spending it on some crazy record player. Bought you a smart card. <laughs> the guy went and spent all your money on shit you don't need. He he bought you, you a smart. You didn't need Hasa Kim. You didn't need Profar. You didn't. You mean there's a lot of wasted money. So when there's a budget of two hundred and thirty million dollars, which yeah. is a ton of fucking money, right? And then to go look, we can't go over two hundred thirty, AJ. But you have spent two hundred twenty-three. God, you hey, asshole. You asshole. <laughs> and not only not only did he buy the smart car, yeah, at. 30000 over market value, he locked you into a seven-year loan. Yes. You're not getting out of it anytime soon. <laughs> and it's like it's like he bought you a manufactured home yeah. in the Tijuana River Valley, right, at 12%, and he fucking locked you in. And, and you know what it is, Dave, using yeah. Dan Williams? Yeah. I think what we're facing, and any homeowner knows this or anybody else, you know what we're facing in 2022? It's a balloon payment. Yeah. And the balloon payments are when you have a 30-month loan. Yeah. And the first 29 months, your payments are $150. And you're like, this is great. I am goddamn rocking uh, Rockefeller. And then that 30th month shows up, and the bill's $79,000. And you're like, what? I don't have that much money. Well, you're the guy who sold the loan. 
or so, sign the paperwork. Where's Tom Selleck in those reverse mortgage commercials? Boy, oh boy. Look, here, here, here's the deal. Jeff is right on this. I'm surprised to hear you say it because everybody still runs and takes a picture with AJ like he's still the greatest thing going. Oh, he put you guys in a hole that's going to sit there and hurt for a long time. I, I mean, Dave, you go around the lineup, and we've said this here over and over yeah. again. When you go around and you look at, for example, what you gave up for Nola, right? Yeah. You, 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 yeah. You know what? Just if you, you were gave just up to Tramel. Say, even if you were to forget everybody except for Ty France, just go say straight God, up. Right. Ty France has been a great player for the Mariners. Great player. When you signed Hosmer to an eight-year deal, we said, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Okay. Cronenworth at second has been great. That was a surprise. But Cronenworth came as kind of a throw-in in the Tommy Pham trade. Yeah, that was an accident. Right. The right guy worked out. The, the, the opposite guy worked out than what you thought. Right. Tatis worked out great. Machado, very fun. Fun deal to go get. Yeah. Left field, you have no answer. Uh, center field, Grisham has worked out fine. And in right field, the Myers extension absolutely made no sense. The Myers trade made no sense yeah. when you go through it. But enough of that. Then you look I'm not at, even a huge Grisham fan. It's funny as you said that. No, but it's all right. It's, it's all right. right. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, just I mean, a, he's, he's a guy. Yeah. Um, And then you look at the pitchers, right? And you go, Snell? Okay, cool. Yeah. Joe Musgrove, great. Clevenger, when you look at the money going around right now, well, okay, for one year he's affordable. But one of two things is going to happen. A, he's going to be the Clevenger that we expect, and he's going to get a pretty good raise, you would think, in 2023, substantial above the $8 million. It depends how they do this season if he gets a raise. Yeah. Because and then, if the let's say he does well and the Padres are shitty, they're going to trade him in the offseason. Well, you won't. He's a free agent. That's, so well, you'd have to. No, what's well, happening? You're going to trade. I mean, you're going to trade him, excuse me, before uh, the trade deadline is what I mean. You're going to trade uh, him before the season comes to an end. That's my whole point. And I Dar think Snell and him are both gone if they aren't doing well. If the team is not doing well and Darvish could be gone, all these guys could be gone. Well, Darvish continues to make $19 million next year. But if a Darvish is a guy that, let's say, the Yankees go, look, we can make a run at the Rays or the Jays if we could add Darvish. Great. And then what do we get in return, Dave, for any you're of these guys? You're getting jack shit. You're, you're getting single-A guys. Exactly. Which you're getting Jorge Ona. You turn into the Oakland A's. You're constantly God rebuilding. Damn. And that's the thing that I'm looking at when I'm watching this and, and paying attention on social media. And everybody's trying to sell you sunshine. And it's just really, really frustrating to me. That you're looking at this going, man, oh, man. this The whole thing, remember a few years ago, and, and NFL did this, right, with a football story. And a football story, they obviously have done Hall of Fame players. Yeah. They've done owners, right? They've done incredible teams like the Patriots and the Cowboys. And then they had a pretty wild run which unfortunately hit close to home. They did the Air Coriel Charger teams, right? They did a yeah. whole run on best teams to never win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a lot of fun for everybody involved. Well, and then I had it for a Vikings team that was like 15-1 and one and lost because yeah. Gary Anderson couldn't make a field goal, yeah. and then the Falcons go to the Super Bowl. This last five years... It's tough kicking at home in the playoffs. Yeah, indoors. <laughs> if you go back... I was right there with you that day. Yeah. I mean, if you go, oh, yeah, we had to do a four-hour show. It's awesome. Yeah. Loved it. Nothing like getting kicked in the nuts and right. still, be, still being able to breathe for the last three hours. 
if you start in 2016 <laughs> when a lot of different moves were made and yeah. and the rock star gm was born and then into 17 where hosmer starts coming in and and all these other different deals or whether hosmer was 17 or 18 it doesn't matter the myers extension right all these different things that happened you're not even exciting enough to generate a special of like what happened no, you can't put the Padres in the greatest teams to never win it, right? You, right. You, I mean, they've had one winning season, winning record season with uh, AJ, and that no. was the shortened season, of course. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with it. To me, a big reason why they were successful that year was Tatis remained healthy. Yeah. Tatis hasn't remained healthy ever, ever. And no. so when you say it was over, first thing in my mind is I feel the season's over because Tatis put you in the situation. Yeah. That it's over. Now, does AJ give you any wiggle room to go out and have a better offseason than what you saw so far outside of Luke Voigt? No, that, that's because AJ has handcuffed you. He's handcuffed Seidler, and you, you can't blame Seidler. I understand there are 19,000 season ticket holders this year. Oh, that's a record. I 100% blame him. You think you should spend more money? No, I'm blaming him as For I said. For not firing him. Yes. Okay, but look, so that's one of those where the tooth... For saying the, he's great. But the toothpaste... <laughs> yes, the toothpaste is out of the tube. So what do you do now? I would have I would have found somebody to come in and start restructuring and try to do now listen, maybe AJ, maybe what Pete Seidler would say is, well, AJ was going to do that. And even if I had brought another guy in, he would have been handcuffed as AJ was because we were in the middle of a lockout. If somebody's gonna be handcuffed at, no, he was handcuffed because the what what the amount of money he's already spent in lockdown to lock big time contracts. Yeah, I mean, he's handcuffed for years to come. It's funny how this has come around. And he's something signed you've, through, pre you've preached this to me since 1998. Yeah, and he's signed spending through, smart money. And I used right. to look at you and go, "It's pro sports. What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, but Jeff's right. There's a now. There's a luxury tax that people are concerned about, and it's called spending smart smart money. And Preller's signed through 2026. And so that's why I say cut your ties now. Fire him now. Who cares if? Why would you keep paying for shit for 2026? Would you go to a restaurant that you bought a goddamn all you can eat till right. 2026? They got to be in the window. That has to be in the window. No, just cut your ties and pay the other guy. Guess what? You don't pay a luxury tax on your general managers. Get rid of them now. Uh, and look, I, this is the other thing, right? Because you get used to this as a Padre fan. You start looking at different things to excite you. It's the pros and cons of the year. And it's the old whiteboard exercise where you have the left column and you have the right column. So the pros right now for me, I mean, if I want to be, I mean, I'm looking at new things, okay. right? And when you look at new things <laughs> right now for the pros, yeah, I go Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin definitely it's goes exciting. in the pro column after Andy Green and after Chase Tingler. But now if I want to counteract that, I go... Yeah, but we have a first-time pitching coach, first-time hitting instructor. Maybe maybe it's his new blood. Maybe it's analytics. Yeah. Maybe it's all good, right? I'm sold on the pitching coach. I got it. Okay. But it's the first time that he's been the guy. And look, Larry yeah. Rothschild had been in the game for 30 years, and he was shit. He was shit. Right? Well, now. And people told you Rothschild was shit from previous jobs he had. Yeah. But to me, I look at it, you go, all right, I hope these guys are great. Yeah. I don't know that I'd put them in the uh, con. You know what we could do here, Dave? You could go pro, con, question mark. And I I think there's as many question marks as there are uh, pros. And it probably 10 to 1, they outnumber them. 
because the question marks are going to be the young people on the staff yeah. that are coming in first time, question mark. Clevenger's health, question mark. Darvish, after what we saw last year, question mark. Yeah. Catching, question mark. Left field, question mark. The negatives are the fact you're still burdened with Myers and Hosmer. The positives are Machado, Cronenworth, and uh, the other question mark way over to the right is when does Tatis come back if and what does back. he look like when he does come back? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, if Tatis question comes back at all. A lot of it, I think, depends if Tatis comes back at all is how is the team doing? Ugh. Because you're hearing now, maybe he comes back in three months. Well, if they're a complete shit team, maybe he doesn't come back at all. Maybe it's a trout situation. There's nothing to come back for. So let's get him 100% healthy. I uh, I hope all of it, they come out, they ju- they fly out of the gate, and we're looking back here in a month when I'm saying, God, can you believe it's almost May? How fun. <laughs> and I don't know, Dave. I, I guess maybe that's the thing. And, and maybe what I owe that team is the chance to say, well, let's just see what happens when we play it out, right? Okay. But the problem is, as a Padre fan, boy, that is really, really tough to do. We're not the Yankees. We're not the Red Sox. We're not the Dodgers, right? We're not a a team that has a long-established record of success. Yeah. And That if you don't come out of the gate fast, that you can say, we're going to make it up down the line. Yeah. That's a good point. So here's the deal. The schedule opens up with uh, four games against Arizona, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're going, great. We get a chance to get off the four games. Hopefully, we go 4-0 against a real shitty team. Yep. But then things get tough really fucking fast. Yeah. You got three at San Francisco, and then you come back for four against the world champion Braves. Yeah. I mean, really, what you're saying as far as getting off to a hot start is going to take a little bit of work. Now, again, if pitching-wise, they come out, and they pitch really, really well. Yeah. You're going to feel better about this team? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think they can pitch really well. I think what it comes down to, again, is are we going to be sitting there saying, well, fuck, the pitchers are doing their jobs. The fucking offense. Well, we've and had- we knew we are going to have offensive problems because we were talking about it for three months. God damn, it's so funny, man. And and I get it. It's Kevin's job. I'm not taking a shot at AC. But he, boy, he tries to sell the sunshine on uh, on Hosmer, doesn't he? Dude, hey. was he at the wedding? What's the deal with AC? Hey, couple of doubles. What is the deal with this bullshit? You're like, dude, it's goddamn. <laughs> it's crazy. League. Guys are practicing different things. Pitchers are goofing around, practically playing left-handed. Like, I, I get it. Okay, but maybe we save some of the rah-rah for Hosmer to, uh, to May 5th when he's April's Player of the Month, National League Player of the Month. If he's Player of the Month in the National League... Then we go, hey, good for him. Boy, look who recaptured the magic. But if he does what we've grown accustomed to around here, hitting about 236, grounding into double plays, and playing first base like every day it's his first day over there, uh, then we got a little bit of a problem, okay, Ace Man? <laughs> Ace Man. Does the Ace Man ever, ever call anyone out? Does he ever say anything when not doing their job? I feel like he did last week. Don't ask me the exact okay. situation. Give me an idea. I mean, what, what, but he was was good because if you're going to sit there, you aren't a columnist, right? You're a reporter. Yeah, he went. Yeah, he so, went from being columnist yeah. back to the beat. So if you're a beat reporter, your job is basically just to say what you see. Yeah, not to give opinions on Fernando's a fast healer. <laughs> 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 Shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> you haven't seen an x-ray and MRI or anything. The guy hasn't even gotten into a hospital yet. And you're going to tell us he's a fast healer. Right. Calm the fuck down. Yay. Yeah, don't tell us anything about Hosmer that's not truth. We don't want your opinion right now. That's not what we want from you. We want, what do you see? What do you hear? Well, the other thing that you read is, boy, Padres got money coming off the books next year. Well, okay, you've got Myers 20 million coming off, but Snell gets a raise. Darvish is still making yeah. money. And it's not that Tatis's money jumps dramatically next year, but it's right behind that that it does. So it's not like you have $20 million a year that you can start spending on guys. And if Clevenger at eight has any kind of decent year and you want to bring him back, that money's going to go away really, really quickly. You know what's funny is I'm trying to think, do other teams do what you just said? And I've heard that for years, not just from Jeff, but as far as, hey, we have money coming off the books. It's well, usually if a team's doing well and you like the guys, you're going, hey, unfortunately, that guy becomes a free agent. We've got to figure a way to keep him. I'm not, thank God, our mistake now gets to leave. No, I think we've used the Giants in the past, and I heard a guy who's good, really good. He sounded like Dave Fleming. I think he was on with Steven and Rich. Okay. Bay Area guy. And I think, Dave, when you look at um, a team where that really was a good example was the Giants. Because the Giants had guys like Jeff Samarja, Johnny Cueto, yeah. Posey. Those are bad contracts. Well, but not, sorry, not Posey, but the other two were bad contracts. Yeah. And you had guys, Crawford was big money. Yeah. And a handful of other guys that were on the books at like 7, 9, 10, 20, 23, right? And all of a sudden you realize that Zahidi had started to build the farm system up with the Giants. People were starting to get excited about the Giants. And then all of a sudden you looked and you said, well, a lot of these bad deals that had either been signed by Brian Sabian or Bobby Evans yeah. were coming off the books. And Farhan Zahidi, who's had success with the Dodgers, back to the A's, and now with the Giants, you know, that's pretty exciting because they're a big market team. They spend a lot of money. And a lot of those bad deals are coming off right yeah. as they're getting exciting. But the guy, and I, I respectfully to him, I, I don't know his name. He sounded so much like Dave Fleming, but it, it wasn't him. And he was saying, you know, people in San Francisco are a little upset because they're looking at what the Dodgers did, right, going out and yeah. getting Freddie Freeman. And the Giants... Let Chris Bryant leave. Posey retires. Right. Uh, they signed Radon, and they gave him, uh, you know, yeah. two years, $44 million. They got Jock Peterson six at million six. for one year. Yeah, and they didn't really do a whole lot else. Yeah, of going out and getting anybody else done. They they what they got what Co Alex Cobb. They got they re-signed Alex Wood. They let Gosman go. I mean, they, there's and they were smart. Yeah. If you look at what they did, I don't on, disagree with their contracts because they're, they're short, all two year one year yes, deals, two and one year deals. Yeah, so you aren't locked into the seven year bad deal. Mm -hmm. The difference is what you're saying to me is Zahidi is make, trying to make up mistakes of someone else's mistakes. Right. Okay. Prellers, we're saying goodbye to contracts that he signed guys to. He's like, oh, well, thank God that guy comes off the books. Who the fuck gave him that money? Yeah, this guy. <laughs> Same guy that's still in the chair. Okay. So the guy that we're relying on to make up for the mistake of a Myers or yeah. a Hosmer is still in the fucking chair? Yeah. Doesn't and make any sense at all. For 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26. Another well, five Good years. luck, Erica. Good luck. Yeah. So you, you sit there, and again... Hey, I can't wait to get my picture taken with him. I can't wait to pull out my Rockstar GM t-shirt. 
Thanks again. My God, of all the teams that finished 28 games out last year, ours was so exciting. (laughs) Wow. Woo. All right. So look at this, Dave. Yeah. Here's the money right now on this team as it goes moving forward, okay? Okay. And some of these guys you look at and you go, God, it feels like we could have spent this in other places. So Machado is at 30, Myers 20, Hosmer 20. 40 million right there, right? Okay. Darvish 19, Snell 12 and a half, Musgrove 8.6, Clevenger only 6.5 yeah. they got them. Yeah, well, because he was underpaid with Indians for a long time. Uh, oh, but he also gets a 1.5 signing bonus. Yeah. So, all right, here we go. Hang on. I actually, I was looking at uh, uh, Spot Track and they had it wrong. Let me give you the real numbers. So, Machado is 32. This year, Myers is 22-5. Hosmer's 21. Okay? So okay. just right there, we're at 43-5. Yeah. Well, two of those three are ridiculous. Darvish, 19. Snell is 13.1. Musgrove, 8.6. Uh, Clevenger, 8. Profar, 7.3. Ridiculous. Hassan Kim, 7 million. Ridiculous. So there's another 14. Right there, we're at about 60 yep. million, right? Yep. Uh, Robert Suarez, who you signed from Japan to try to close games, makes $6 million. Wow. Nick Martinez, who could be maybe your number five starter, makes $6 million. Okay. Luke Voigt, 5.45. Probably a, could be a little underpaid at the end of the year. We'll see. Hopefully. Uh, Lamette, 4.75. More than Huge. likely overpaid because he's never healthy. Uh, Craig Stammen is four, and then it's just, you know, a bunch yeah. of guys. Just that makes sense. But it sounds like the rest of them have to probably make sense. Yeah, and, and then, but that doesn't I mean, even... you have some glaring ones you just read there that just don't make zero sense. Yeah. The Profar thing, the... Pomeranz, a- 8 million. AJ falling in love with Profar is insane. Just, and he's following him everywhere he's gone. Yeah. Since Little League to the Rangers to the A's to the Padres. It, it's goddamn insanity. <laughs> I thought you could have pulled the John Wayne line right there. It's pretty yeah. goddamn ridiculous. Now, the only guy... <laughs> so now you look ahead, you go next year, okay? 23. Let's... Let's have some fun here, right? Just okay. be crazy. So next year, Machado stays at 32. Tatis jumps from 5.7 to 7 million. Darvish drops from 20 to 19. Uh, Hosmer drops from 20 to 13. Myers has a team option for 20 million, so he comes off. Maybe. Yeah, right. They'll probably extend him. <laughs> Snell jumps from 13 to 16. Drew Pomeranz back next year for another 10 million. Goddamn Hassan Kim next year for another 7 million. Yeah. Uh, player option for Profar to make 7.5 next year. Player option for Nick Martinez to make 6 million next year. Uh, Clevenger is a free agent. Another $5 million for Suarez. Craig Stammen at the age of 80 is a free agent, right? Pierce Johnson is a free agent. And then uh, Luis Garcia goes to 3.75. Wow. And now, But here's the other thing. Yeah. Joe Musgrove's a free agent next year. Yeah. And then Lamette, Alfaro, Musgrove's Pagan. the one guy I think takes the hometown discount. Good. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. And then all these guys, uh, Grisham, Cronenworth, uh, Nola, they're all just like, you know, 
whatever the arbitration numbers were. When is uh, when's Cronenworth up for big money? Uh, well, he's still in the middle. He's twenty eight, but he's still in the middle of kind of like yeah. his. Um, so he might not see big money till thirty one. Does that make sense? God, I don't know about that, but yeah. I mean, I mean we say big money, but who's yeah giving you huge money at thirty one? Right. So, yeah, I just I look at it. It makes you a little nervous, man, because they're not going to go to four hundred million. Much no. as we think they should. Okay, well, let's go back to something you said a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I mean not today's show. I mean I'm talking months ago. Mm-hmm. What did you say was the one way to get out of this? Oh, I've said forever. It, the The one way you get out, unfortunately, though, is a huge step backwards, and that would be trading of uh, Machado. Machado would give you breathing room to fill other needs. Unfortunately, to give would it give you breathing room, and I think the fan base. You really can't get rid of Machado this year, right? Not right now. You can't do it. you got to wait at least till the trade deadline if you're completely shit in the bed to get rid of him because you don't have Tatis. You just announced you have 19,000 season ticket holders. That's an all-time record. Yeah. Now you're going to get rid of Machado too? No. You're going to hold on to him because you're telling your fan base we have a chance to win with this pitching staff. Hang on. Uh, so you and I... Oh, hang on. I got Hang on, Dave. This is crazy. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. I think, uh, I think Will Smith, Will Smith, we're not watching the Oscars. Or We are watching the Oscars. Are you taping it? Yeah, just, well, just now. I forgot it was on. I just flipped it on. Dude, I think Will Smith went on stage tonight and actually punched Chris Rock. No way. Good. Chris Rock fucking big time in a parking lot. <laughs> Dude, this whole thing. So I went to social media to take a look at something. Um, but, God, how crazy is this? Let's hear it. Will Smith just told him, oh, he flew up. Yeah, because Chris Rock made it. Will Smith got mad that uh, that Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett. Oh, shit. And walked on stage and punched him. <laughs> Where? Hopefully in the face. Yeah. Dude. Look at that shit. Good. How about that? Yeah. Uh, come on. Is that real? I don't know. It's all over. It's all over Google. Wow. I can't see what you're watching. Do you see him punch him? Yeah. Wow. He wasn't joking. Wow, on ABC. This is the uncensored version. Nice. Oh, we didn't get that on the West Coast then, did we? No, it's live all the way through, isn't it? But they, uh, listen to this. Hang on, one more time.
How about that? There you go. All right. Well, screw Padres payroll, Dave. That's wild. You know, Jimmy Kimmel's going to be tomorrow night. Thank God I wasn't hosting. <laughs> yeah. Last time Jimmy Kimmel hosted, they got the goddamn movie wrong. Remember? Movie of the year. Uh, Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith being in G.I. Jane because of her bald head. She's spoken openly about having a hair loss condition. Will Smith ran on stage, slapped Rock, and then screamed twice at the top of his lungs, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Wow. Good. Yeah, we're down here doing this show. Talking I miss Will Myers everything. talk. Will- <laughs> what if Will Myers just probably just walks in and smacks us? Go ahead. You go ahead is right. Good. Bring it in. Does he here. understand there's a wind advisory? He'll probably get blown away. Preller way. 160? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> He's got fishing weights in his pockets. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's wild. And you know what's crazy, Dave? Yeah. Like, I remember uh, I was leaving the house today. And, but all these things are on demand, right? We could watch everything on demand. Yeah, we can catch everything. That is so crazy. I went to look at something Padres payroll. I didn't realize we had just missed that. Now all these people. All right, if you're uh, if you're Chris Rock, do you press charges against Will Fuck Smith? Fuck you, do not. You do anything. You do, do not. Do, all these you, people are like, he should be sued. Dude, the whole it, thing. The, you know what? Finally, people are talking about the Academy Awards again. That's what yeah. it's going to be. I tell you what, no, no joke. I've I've literally sat next, to, not dropping names, just my seat just happened to be placed next to him as a media member next mm-hmm. to Will Smith at Laker games. Yeah, nicest guy in the world. I've walked to I've my heard car. That. He is. I've yeah. walked to to my car with Chris Rock, just Chris Rock and myself. We're both walking the same direction, and I've said to him, "Dude, you're the funniest guy on the planet." And he sat there and and said some smart ass shit back to me, like "fuck off." And I was like, "There's no one around. I just gave you a compliment." And this, this read- is twenty years ago. I just read this. So fuck whole, that. Yeah, I just read this whole thing about Will Smith, right? And yeah. look, they had that show. Will's still there. He's still there, applauding and smiling. <laughs> Front row. Chris is in the back seeing Dr. Jeff Ruin to get a filling refilled. Uh, David Spade's giving him shit on the phone. Yeah, glass jaw. He didn't go down. He didn't go down. Um, but the. Uh, Will Smith and Jada Pink, I don't know anything about them. They got All a I, wild relationship. Well, and that's the thing, Dave. You've yeah. been hearing about that, yeah. right? You've been and you've taken the jokes for that, the whole thing. But I was reading this whole thing about King Richard and him playing Venus and Serena's dad. And they were just saying that he does have a reputation of being one of the nicest guys yeah. in Hollywood. So but boy, oh boy, man. Eesh. How about that? Okay, who looks worse tonight? Chris Rock or Will Smith? Will Smith. Do you think so? Yeah, for I think sure. a lot of people will appreciate someone defending their, their spouse. Yeah, well, they're... Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say? What are you biting your tongue for? I was going to say, I don't know if it's his, his job to do it or that rap guy's job to defend. God damn it, Dave. Be better than that. That was You be better. Okay? That's embarrassing. Uh, be better. I haven't said one fucking word. Yeah. Uh, my buddy, uh, Boom. Yes. He thinks it was all Andy Kaufman. Really? Uh, he thinks, well, I don't know, dude. You're screaming. Yeah, my- you're saying the F word. Yeah. Guarantee uh, ABC's not happy with that. This isn't TNT. Yeah. Good luck getting uh, getting a chance to host next year, Will. 
Not going to happen. <laughs> Nobody wants that job. Nobody. Nobody wants to host that fucking job. It pays 15000 That's God it. Damn. Yeah. It takes like three months to get ready. It, Everybody it pays, hates you. Yeah. 15000 that's uh that's pretty crazy man yeah how about that well that kind of felt like um last time we saw something like that was like i'm trying to figure out the whole setup we just turned it on so sorry for everybody With no volume on yeah We're just looking at screens but they have like they put it looks like a cocktail party up yeah. front right yeah and keith urban what'd he do he probably hid under the chair he didn't want any trouble um but what's john travolta he's there or Samuel L. Jackson. They're not fighting anybody. Somebody would break it up. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. It feels like uh, Jim Everett and uh, in Rome. Rome, yeah. Yeah. It was the best thing to happen in Rome's career. It was. Everyone knew Rome was after that. I know, but man, that's a high price to pay. Yeah. $30 million a year Rome makes. Can't even last in his hometown of San Diego. Did Chris Rock just get emasculated of on the Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah, Will Smith just went up and made him his bitch. Yeah. Will okay. Smith, I still see him on the screen. I don't see Chris Rock on the screen. Yeah. He's just in the back being comforted by Kevin James. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not. I just stood there with my hands down. Took it. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Arguing and crying at the same time. Why did Willow come up? Oh, or shit. Jaden. What's the kid's name that was in Cobra Kai, that kid? It's Jaden, right? Yeah, it's Jaden. Yeah. I probably would have fought back. They was coming up to hug me. Goddamn hurt. Get those goddamn... <laughs> hurt. When a bus drives by. <laughs> Fuck. That's wild, man. God damn it. Get those goddamn shrimp cocktails out of here. You call me a shrimp? That's some kind of joke? The metaphor? Because I just got fucked up? Fuck. Those two dumb fucks down south are like, well, maybe we'll burn. I just got the shit beat out of me on TV. You asshole. In front of the whole world. Yeah. You guys are down there trying to fire Preller. Pay attention! <laughs> 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 yeah, fuck. Yeah, shit. We thought AJ. We thought AJ. Yeah. We thought we had problems with AJ. Fuck it. Shit. I forgot it was on. I was late to changing the channel. We had Stanford and Texas on women's yeah. basketball. Great. King of the remote. Uh, that was a hell of a game. <laughs> Enjoyable. <laughs> but we could have enjoyed that score later. Oh, my God. That's wild. Yeah. All right. That's good. And I just like everybody sitting there like nobody's. God damn. He got right in the face. Where did you see it on your phone? Did it was it on Twitter? I was Twitter? looking at something on Twitter, and everybody was talking about Chris Rock. Just went up, and I was like, "What? Oh my gosh! Say what? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy, yeah, man. It is crazy. Uh, how long? How long are we talking about that? Forever, right? Yes. Yeah, dude. Nothing's going to top that at the Oscars. Everyone's going to say, "Remember when?" Yeah. Like I remember. You used to see those crazy clips of the Oscars, and there was like a, a streaker one year. Yeah. And then... Uh, Marlon Brando made big news. Right, had Native was, American yeah. woman go yes. up and accept the award, and that was very dramatic. Yeah. That shook up the front row. Woody Allen didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, what do you think the band thinks right now? Oh, yeah, why don't they play the music? They don't know what to God play. God damn. They should have played the theme from Rocky as soon as it happened. They should have played Cool J. Mama said knock you out. Just <laughs> thinking that band knows that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. God. Everybody there is just looking at Chris Rock just going, dude, what do you do if you're him? <laughs> you just move, right? Josh <laughs> just opened the door behind you. Oh, my God. Yeah, you just have to move. Yeah. It's so like everybody in the world knows, but you and I, what just happened? You know what he does? He just he just moves to Alaska yeah. like that kid and just lives in a bus. <laughs> Dude, if you come out here right now, okay, you're you're at the rest of the way, whether you're Samuel L. Jackson or Uma Thurman or John Travolta, are you going back to it? Are you making a joke somewhere there? All night. I come long. on. I'm like, well, we cool? <laughs> All night. Right? You don't just act like nothing happened. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Someone, I think, said something. Well, I don't know. No, there's Is that Travolta right there? Yeah. Straight bald? He just said, yeah. fuck it? Fuck it, and then he'll show up on Good Morning America tomorrow. The, yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Okay, do you, how many Driven? people do you think knew that Travolta was always bald? In Hollywood or just in general? In general. Dude, he's such a good dude. He's he, been through so much. Let him do oh, whatever he wants to do, right? Oh, a ton. Yeah. I mean, he's been through a horrible situation with his son and his wife. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't think a lot of people realize he didn't have hair. Yeah, I don't know. But he uh, he's another guy with the reputation yeah. of being one of the cooler guys in Hollywood, that's right? What they, that's what they say. Yeah. But it's like, remember when Ted Danson was doing Cheers? Like, he had a big bald spot in the back uh -huh. of his head. No one knew that Ted Danson didn't have hair. I did. He came in. What was the show he did after Cheers? He was... Uh, yeah, it was a CBS show. Yeah, remember that show? Yeah. And <laughs> really well, obviously. Yes. But he came in and did Ted's show. Oh, he did? Yeah, he came in and did Ted's show. He was cool, but he spun. He was kind of a guy. Yeah. Wasn't big time in anybody, but he just kind of like, Ted was too across like we are. Yeah. And Ted kind of, tall dude, stretched his legs out and kind of had his back to our studio. Yeah. Yeah. And he had the, uh, he had the fryer tuck. Yeah, I don't Who think gives a, lot, a shit though, right? I don't think that's the thing. I don't think a lot of people uh, knew. I also don't think he cares. He just didn't fucking care. Yeah, uh, I think Will Smith's up for this right now. Oh shit! And I think he's gonna win. It's for best actor. Is that right? Okay, this. All right, Dave. Let's see if he wins. I don't know if we pause the show or we just bring the volume up. <laughs> right now, they're just like. No way we're giving it to that hot head. No way. What message do we Everyone's say? Everyone's afraid to bring him up after this? Yeah. We're not doing that. You settle things with your words, not your fists, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Combative son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, if he wins. If he wins. Yeah. Be Becker. Becker, the name yeah. of the show. Look at Andrew Garfield's up against him right now. He's like, fuck, just give it to Will. Please. I'll probably be first. It would be funny if the guy who wins just runs and says, Will, I want you to have this. Just fucking yeah. <laughs> just gives it to Will. They're all afraid of getting punched. Just take it. God damn. Yeah, I don't know. Holy shit. I'm a little thrown off. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, <laughs> but for anybody listening, they're getting ready to give this thing away. And See? He's right, and he's, he should win, dude. He was great in that movie. Oh, let's see. What if he wasn't there? 
Oh, if they booted him out, he couldn't get his award and for fighting? And they had fighting? Will Smith from the Dodgers just sitting there. <laughs> he comes up to get the award in his Dodger jersey. Wow, what a night. What a night, everybody. I didn't have anything prepared. <laughs> Literally. I had nothing prepared. Oh, man, I'd like to thank Max Muncie. Look at him. Oh, he's... You got to know, right? He's got to know. I mean, dude, Will Smith is a punchline now for the rest, forever. I got to tell you, I didn't see any of these movies this year. I saw King Richard. I didn't realize, uh, you know me, Dave. What have I talked about since 98? I'll do show any night. I'll always be here unless Macbeth is going on. <laughs> that's true. That's always been your one thing in every contract. <laughs> and I was contract. like, if I could get Francis McDermott and Denzel, then I would go see that. <clears throat> All right. Let, turn this shit up. Let's see this. Oh, boy. Come on. Give it to him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh. That's funny. Oh, boy. You know what? It sucks, though, man. I feel bad. Because it took away from it? Yeah. Dude, he was so great in that movie. He's been through a lot. I guess him and Travolta are friends. I would think so. John's going to be like, fuck yeah. Let's hear this. Let's hear this. Richard Williams um, was a fierce defender of his family. In this time in my life, in this moment I am overwhelmed by what God is calling on me to do and be in this world making this film I got to protect Anjanou Ellis who was one of the most the strongest most delicate people I've ever met. I got to protect Sanaya and Demi, the two actresses that played Venus and Serena. I'm being called on in my life to love people and to protect people and to be a river to my people. And I know to do what we do, you gotta be able to take abuse, you gotta be able to have people talk crazy about you. In this business, you gotta be able to have people disrespecting you. You got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. But Richard Williams, and what I loved, thank you, Dean, Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful, that's when the devil comes for you. (laughs) 
like, I want to be a vessel for love. I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena. I just spit. I hope they didn't see that on TV. Um, <laughs> I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena and the entire Williams family for entrusting me with your story. That's what I want to do. I want to be an ambassador of that kind of love and care and concern. Um, I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees. Um, this is a beautiful moment. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crying for winning a, an award. It's not, it's not about winning an award for me. It's about being able to shine light on all of the people, Tim and, and Trevor and Zach and Sanaya and Demi and Ingenue and the entire cast and crew of King Richard and Venus and Serena, the, the entire Williams family. Um, art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, just like they said. <laughs> I look like crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Um, but love will make you do crazy things. Um, to my mother. Um, a lot of this moment is really complicated for me, but uh, to, to my mother, um, she didn't want to come out. She's had her knitting friends. She has a knitting crew that she's in Philly watching, <laughs> watching with, um, <laughs> um, being able to love and care for my mother and my family, my wife, um, I'm taking up too much time, um, uh, Thank you for this honor. Thank you for this moment. And thank you on behalf of Richard and, and Orsine, the entire Williams family. Um, thank you. Uh, uh, Hope the Academy invites me back. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty wild. I mean, it's something we've never done. But, I mean, in the moment. He didn't, he didn't, say, he didn't say sorry to Chris Rock. No. Nope. It didn't. Dave, I'm I, glad. I have no problem with it. I don't either. I don't have a problem with it. I don't either, man. Like, family is sacred, right? It, it, I mean, it goes yep. for everybody. Couldn't agree now, more. And look, if, you're, if your wife's fighting a disease, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see it. it's easy to armchair quarterback, right? But you know who's probably sweating bullets right now is a guy like Ricky Gervais. He used to run his mouth. Yeah. The Golden Globes. Sure did. And you do all these different kind of things, right? You get it. It's like... All right, well, hey, just got your bell rung on TV. Yeah. Pretty boy. <laughs> you know That is wild. That was wild. That's funny when he said it's like life imitating art right there. I mean, it was. Yeah. What, a, what a night for him. Yeah. You know. But I, I understand I, that. I mean, you understand that. How much do you love your boys? How much, right. you, know, you know what I'm saying? I don't think there's a person out there that considers himself a good family man that wouldn't be a little upset. Now, do you get out of your chair and throw a punch to a comedian? 
You know, that's usually how comedians make their jokes. I don't know. I, I didn't see the whole thing in context, but whatever it was, he felt across the line. Yeah, he made a G.I. Jane joke is yeah, what they said. and his so. wife obviously suffers from something. It's not, you know. Right, which it, causes hair yeah, loss. Which I'm sure causes a lot of pain, especially being <clears throat> being a woman. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Tuesday, I have to go to court, you know. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, I have to go to court, and I go face-to-face with Jake's murderer. Yeah. And I have to address him on behalf of basically my family of everything that we've been affected by, by since Jake's death. Yeah. Thought about it a lot today, you know. Right. Because there's nothing I want to leave out at the same right. time. At the same time, it's hard for me to sit here and write it out because it takes so much out of me. It puts me in a terrible mood and, and sadness and anger and everything else. And I sit there and I go, I just don't want to miss out on that. But when it comes time to defend your family at any single point, like he did tonight, like, who knows, hopefully other people don't have to go through this, but there's going to be something that happens with one of your boys down the line. You're going to feel they got cheated. Yeah. Something's going to happen, whether it's in school a football field, whatever. And you're going to go on behalf of my boys, because we're a team. This is, uh, this is where I'm going to, this is where I'm going to defend my, my kids. Yeah. And so, um, you know, for for him, for me on Tuesday, I don't even know what my behavior is going to be. Right. I tell you right now, I, I, my my goal is never to not get arrested on Tuesday. Like yeah. I really want to run across the room and, and hit the guy so hard, I can't tell you. I know, right? And his family will be there. My family will be there. And fucking uh, the whole situation sucks. But yeah. I'm I'm not going to leave. This is this is what determines how much time he gets. Yeah. On his apology, by the way. Uh. So he, he either gets, Jeff, he's been in prison now for three years already. He either gets 16 years or he gets 10 years. Jesus Christ. And it's up to the judge, depending on how sincere his apology sounds to me on how much time he gets. And that frustrates the shit out of me going, wait a second, I got to fight for my kid who's not here? Yeah. We got life as a family. Yeah. This fucking guy might get out in 10 years and yeah, might get a job that. and married and buy a house and live a yeah. life and everything. Yeah. Get out of your fucking mind. And so, yeah. yeah. So... When he when you see him getting frustrated, that's what I felt all day today, to be honest yeah. with you, thinking of what's gonna happen in forty eight hours. I understand everything he went through right there. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. It's just uh you get it, right? And it's funny. It's different, right? Because you and I have been laughing. There there's people on social media that run their mouth. And for me, I've just gotten to the point where I just mute people <clears throat> out because it's just not worth it. Yeah. It, it, old school, you'd come on here. Name names, shred yeah. people, right? And then you go, who cares? Like, really, who who cares? Who Half the time, you've never met them. Yeah. They don't know anything. And then I start thinking about the people that are important in life. And you go, well, if I come on here and start embarrassing people and calling them out and mocking them, which would be incredibly easy to yeah. do, uh I don't I don't care about what that particular person feels. I couldn't care less. But when I have to go either home or to dinner and you look the person that actually does matter in the eye and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What do you mean? What are you doing? Like you were out of control or what are you doing defending me? What, what, are, you, what are you saying? No, I'm saying, I'm saying like if I started, there's people that run their mouth on social media. Right? Yeah. Run their mouth. So it'd be really easy to just come here like we used to do and just tear them yes. to shreds. Yes. Because it'd be fun. It's really fun. And for me, it's kind of therapeutic. And especially if they hear it, then you're just like, yeah, just a reminder, right? This is who you are. But then 
while I it satisfies me and yeah. probably you, uh, then when we get home and other people, or even I'll use Josh here's all these shows, and Josh will be like, Dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you letting these guys bother you? And so it's so much easier to just mute them. Now, here's yeah. the funniest thing. And I, I, have a, I have a big thing, and I know you're exactly like me on this. Man, I have no problem defending people who I feel can't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. No problem at all. And if it means, in my mind, that I'm showing how much I care for you and love you, that I'm going to defend you yeah. because I don't think you can do a good enough job of doing it yourself or you sell yourself short. Yeah. I've always been that with that guy. Now, look, I've done it for my kids. They've oh, seen it yeah. for years. They've oh, yeah. seen it in the park. They've seen it on baseball oh, fields. Yeah. They've seen it everywhere. But I've also done it for women who I thought couldn't defend themselves. And, and I'm not putting this on me. What I'm saying is it drives me nuts. And I know you say it all the time. Uh-huh. You've dropped this line on me for 25 years. I was raised in a single mom household. By my, I had dinner with them the other night, my mom and, and my older sister. And there's no way in hell you're going to let somebody disrespect your mother or your sister. No, or or the the women that have really driven my path. Yeah. I mean, whether it's Laura, Vita, Joe, now Erica, yeah. and some Amy, Kathy. I mean, there's so many of them. Katie Temple, Julie Brownman. The ones that really, Heather Cohen, right, yeah. Dave? I mean, there, there's so many. Nicole Piner, right? LaDonna. Uh, there's so many of them that have and met. I think we're, in people have heard of this show. We're very defensive of of Nicole Eggert, of right. Louis Sant, yeah, all those people. Yeah. Whether you want to say they brought it on themselves or not, that's not the point. But where I get in trouble is the women that have meant so much to me and have been such a, a major factor in my life are also very strong women that yeah. can defend themselves. And as I was told the other day, and it was great, it was just like, look, I got this, but sometimes we got to follow the path we're on, and I'm not sure you completely get that. And I was like, no, I get it. I just, I, I want you to win. But, uh, so yeah, sometimes your friends say it, but no, I, I just, I, there's people that talk a lot, and then, thank God, I just started muting people, right? Because... I got to be honest, man. I There's the people that were there in the theater. Like, I love all those guys. Yeah. That's family. And there's a bunch more that didn't have the chance to go that I really love. But then there's a whole different side where I'm like, I I really don't give a shit. Like, whatever. Go do your thing, man. What a, I, I don't wish anything negative on you. I'm just like, hey, it is what it is. But we, we have one... Yeah, you know, there's one guy that's always complaining, always complaining about the show, complaining about this, complaining about that. I've never met him. I think he's just a douche, complete douche, right? So then I just muted him, and yeah. you were like, ah, oh, you know, hey, why am I muted or blocked? Or I'm like, because you're a fucking dickhead. Like, I, I don't find you funny. I think you're a douche. This motherfucker had the balls to try to add me on Facebook, and it struck me so funny Listen, I if he hears it, dude, fuck off. Like, really, you're a douche. And if you think you're funny or we like it, I don't. I think you're a complete clown. Don't listen to this fucking show. Kenyatta was like, oh, just pay the five. I don't need that fucking money. I don't want that guy anywhere near this show. If that guy ever associated himself with this show, I'd be embarrassed. Go, fu- go listen to Craig and, and Johnny Gennaro. Go listen to Darren's shit. Listen to Ben and Woods. Go listen to anything but us. Honestly, you're the last guy I want associated with this show. Yeah. I want guys like Bob Hunt, Pete and Point Loma, Gavin, and, you know, 
uh, Geekster, yeah, right, Rose. Those are fucking people I want. Go, go, fuck off. Go do whatever you want to do. I hope you're successful, but don't do us any favors. And Jesus Christ, don't ever sign up for Patreon, <laughs> ever. Go fuck off. Go fuck all the way off. <laughs> go fuck all the way. Like I've never met some of these guys in my life. And then that one guy that you continue to deal with, who's another fucking moron. I I, I don't I don't know anything. About it is strange that different things that people do to try and get your attention. I will say that. Yeah, I just I, I will say that. As I said, I think you and I both have pretty thick skin. I think if you're in this, you kind of have oh, to do, have thick but, skin. But I'm telling you, you, you cross the line when you when you go outside the show. If you go outside the show to someone we're related to, you're crossing the line. Yeah, and you won't say it to our face. No, there was some douche that was running their mouth about Vera. You don't know shit about Vera. Yeah. I've known Vera. I knew Vera from 1995 until her passing. 27 years. I knew her very well. Uh, we had an ongoing bit. Don't fucking worry about what we do with Vera. Don't fucking worry about it. You don't know shit. You're a fucking dipshit. 100% right. Right? You're going to fucking right. tell me how to tribute a friend? who came to our events, knew things about yeah. our kids who we had a long-running history with that really was a long-running history with love and fun. Yep. You're going you're gonna to question us? Go fuck yourself. Honestly, what a fucking moron. I was like, who? But they just misunderstand. And I get it. If you don't understand the depth of the relationship, that's fine. Yeah. But I, gone. Yeah. And then uh, fuck you to Alan Horton. <laughs> what happened to Alan here? So, Alan, Alan Horton and the Timberwolves are in Toronto tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yes. I sent Al a text the other day. I go, hey, are you in Toronto for a couple of days? I didn't hear anything back. Oh. So, I go, well, listen, I know you're excited because you're the number seven seed in the West because that's where all the winners come from. So, I said... Uh, so I put a thing on social media. I said, boy, I'm really disappointed. You know, I take time out of my day to check in on a friend, yeah. which I preach all the time, and he ghosted me. And I said, thank God we have people like Dave, Mike Costa, and Glenn Geffner. <laughs> I love that you put Glenn in there. And Geff wrote, I'll never ghost you. And he said it to Al. Yes. Now... Maybe Alan's fighting typhoid fever. <laughs> and if he is, then my apologies to him and his family. But he still hasn't. I don't think he's answered yet. Fucking he hasn't. Ass. He hasn't answered. Fucking asshole. Fuck him, too. What the fuck's he doing? All yeah. he does is fucking calls Wolves games and eat bananas. He do shit. <laughs> That's all he does. <laughs> Fuck. And criticize Mike Smith. Yes. Or Mike Scott. When Mike Scott got hit in the chest, sitting on the bench of the Clippers, Al Horton looked at me and goes, good. On the <laughs> air. Mike Scott would have beat the shit out of me, Alan, Chris Rock, Will Smith, Sir Anthony Hopkins, all of us. I said, don't drag me into this. Good. <laughs> he said, good. Now, he was generous and offered you a bite of his banana. Yeah, we already ate half of it. And that half of it in his mouth. Want a bite? No. No. Yeah. I I was going to say, like, hey, you're there. It's my favorite place. I'll be back in June. Like, if you're looking for cool places, like, oh, I'll give you a couple. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. 
hope he loses his wallet. <laughs> I hope oh he gets my frostbite. I'm so blown away by that. Uh, I mean, people are probably like, hey, we watched this last night. Why do we have to hear the that, Will Smith? I was thinking of that, but I was like, Fast fuck forward. it. We got it. Well, yeah. probably, hey, enjoy the show while you can, because as soon as they realize we stole audio, probably going to be taken down. Oh, yeah, this show will be gone. <laughs> but, enjoy it while you can. And then, uh, and then, dude, I got I to gotta say, um, you know, I guess it was yesterday morning we heard the news about Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. And that really fucked me up. A lot of people. That really, I mean, for me, uh, Everlong, I think Everlong has probably been my favorite song since the day it came out. On a personal level, I think you guys know what Gimme Shelter means, yeah. right? We've talked about that, and Gimme Shelter is awesome. But Everlong's really probably my favorite song. And a handful of years ago, the police were back on a reunion tour, yeah. right? Which was pretty crazy because they hated each other. Yeah. Mostly Sting and Stuart Copeland hated each other. But they played Dodger Stadium. And my wife and I went, and the Foo Fighters opened. And the police were really, really fun. I, I don't want anybody to think the police weren't fun. Foo Fighters blew them out of Dodgers. Yeah. They absolutely. What year was that? Gosh, Dave, 20, I would think anywhere from 2011 through 2015. Okay. You know, somewhere in that range. And uh, and they were so goddamn good. And And for me, They've always been one of my favorite bands. And I think when you have a particular band where you go, yeah, I really like these guys. They're great when they're on Stern. They're on Stern all the time. And you realize that as, as much as I like Dave Grohl, the thing that I liked was they clearly had an amazing relationship between Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. And the fact that the Foos had gone through a handful of drummers, kind of similar to Nirvana had gone through a handful of drummers before Dave Grohl found it, and then Taylor Hawkins came in. But the cool thing is when you would see them, uh, they would always do towards the end of the night, uh, Grohl would go up and play drums, and then Taylor Hawkins would sing. So a week ago tonight, they played their last show. They were in South America, and he's doing... Uh, Somebody to Love yeah, by Queen. And they come down, and it's really, man, you watch it now, and he and Taylor Hawkins gives Dave Grohl a huge hug, and he's saying, I love Dave Grohl, I love Dave Grohl, and, and there was just amazing. But if you watch, like, their concert at Wembley, right? Yeah. And there's however many, 100,000 people in Wembley, and they play Everlong or There Goes My Hero or any of the other great songs they had in the, in the catalog. I mean, you just watch Taylor Hawkins play, and then he comes down and he sings, and then you get to watch Dave Grohl play. Yeah. And and they were showing this clip from Stern Show, and Hawkins said that when he joined the band, he runs into Axl Rose. And Axl Rose said to him, hey, man, what's it like playing drums behind the greatest drummer of the 90s? And he's like, ah, oh, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, it grows laughing, but goddamn, Dave, he's 50 years old, yeah. and you hear a variety of different things, right? And, and for me, I just look at it. I think, I think you and I probably are at the same point where you look at it and you go, I don't really need to know what was in the toxic, you know, yeah. in the in toxicology the, report. Yeah, toxicology report. I just know that he has kids, right? I know that he has a wife. 
And I just know that so many people like us, our fans, that were so deeply impacted by his passing. But then I look at it and I go, that band seemed to be one of the tightest bands oh, yeah. going. And they were at the forum. They were just at the forum uh, not long ago. And I'm like, oh, man, it'd be great to go. But they were there middle of the week, and it's tough. And I'm like, I always love seeing the foos. And now you go, I, I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, now, the who, probably in the 70s, before I started seeing the who, you probably would have thought the same thing about, about uh, Keith Moon. They brought Kenny Jones in. That wasn't a fit. And then they found Zach Starkey. Then John Atwistle passed away, the bass player, right? The Stones right now without Charlie Watts. Steve Jordan's playing. And you go, okay, you know, I guess it, it was fun, but yeah. it was different. Uh, the Who, I saw The Who with John Entwistle. Uh, it's different now for sure. But, man, with The Foos, where there was just so much chemistry between Grohl and Taylor Hawkins and watching him play Foo, uh, watching him play Everlong is just amazing. Boy, I don't know, man. But that story, I guess that's for a different day. It's wow. just I felt heartbreak. Yeah. For for it seems just way too young. Way and, too young. And just so goddamn cool. Yeah. Just yeah. so goddamn cool. So yeah, that yeah, one bothered I was me a lot. Twitter and a lot of people were devastated. Devastated by it. Because he just you know what he was, Dave? He was just a guy that was enjoying the ride. Like was having so much fun. Um just playing drums in a rock and roll band. And then when you look and you see, like, how much fun they had and the chemistry that they had. And then there's a great clip on YouTube. I'll tell you this one real quick to finish the, the Foo Fighters. Nobody loved him more than Letterman. Letterman yeah. loved the Foos and he loved Pearl Jam. But he told this story that when he had his heart attack and was down, he was coming back. He was coming back, and his producer said to him, hey, is there a particular band that you would like to have on your return show? And he said, yeah. He said, I'd love to have the Foo Fighters because Everlong means a lot to me. It played a lot in my recovery. And uh, Letterman tells us, you can see it on YouTube. He says, his producer goes, okay, well, we'll check into it. So he said, they call back, and they're like, well, uh, they're on tour ironically in South America and Letterman's like, Oh, that, that sucks. But, and she goes, no, it's okay. They canceled the tour. And for Letterman's return show. And it's the last thing yeah. you saw on Letterman were the foos yeah. in tuxedos playing Everlong. The last thing you ever saw on Letterman was, were those guys. And, uh, I mean, who fucking cancels the tour? It just goes crazy. Think about it. You're making, what, 300000 a night? Yeah. They're like, fuck it. He wants us back. We're coming back. So they, they yeah, probably yeah. postponed a couple of shows, flew to New York, yeah. did it, and then went back. But Dave Grohl's book, I've got it, Storyteller, and it's all just incredible. But I, I think about him too, Dave, for yeah. the heartbreak that he went through with the passing of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And then and now to go through it again. Oh, Dude, it's uh, Kurt Cobain. I mean, excuse me. Uh, Dave Grohl's an amazing story. Just for the fact, as you mentioned, the Kurt Cobain and how big Nirvana was. To sit there, you're going to go out on your own and you're going to start up a band. People, I mean, right? And you're going to play guitar. Of, you're not even going to play drums. Yeah, and you're going to sing and do everything that that basically going to step into Cobain's role. 
and you're going to go right. under your name where every, everything is set up so largely to fail. And then not only do you not fail, you become the, the favorite band of all time for so many people. Not even people that are young, but people who are, are, are older. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just go, I see it all the time. This is before the death. If People every week post something on Instagram about the Foo Fighters. Yeah. And how much their music means to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty, pretty amazing. David Grohl is an amazing story. Yeah, but Taylor Hawkins was the guy where yeah. you felt like like they kind of had it figured out. He told yeah. that story so about a month often. ago on Stern. They were, they were they were talking about their movie and everything yeah. they were doing. Yeah, they were just shit. Grohl was on with Paul Rudy, hyping the movie. Oh fuck, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, and I don't know, man. You look at those guys and so fun and talented and cool and so. Yeah. So level-headed. Yeah, absolutely. But to have it not only happen, but to have it far, happen so far away from home. God damn, man. Just heartbreaking. It's what I texted a friend, man. I said, and I said, uh, tell the ones that matter you love them, right? Because yeah. there's absolutely no guarantees. And then I, and the second part of that was tell the people that are a douche that they're a douche. Because it's a, <laughs> what, uh, the good comes with bad. And if that little fuck Chris Rock says anything, you get up there and you fuck him up. Live TV. God bless you, Will Smith. Oh, my God. All right, here's the transition here. Dan Williams. Dan Williams is the guy you want to talk to. I don't to like the it. way he yelled at us the other day. You know, We've that- been nothing but supportive of him. And just because I didn't necessarily know if he did or didn't like Dan Fogelberg. So we took a guess. Hey, life's full of gambles. Boy, he was profane. All right, before I get into Dan, I got to ask you a question here because Dan found himself in this. So we're all talking, and we're very proud. Dan Williams' nephew has been with the Padres the last few yes, years. Yes, Sam Williams. And Sam had been doing fantastic. Got moved up to AAA just a few weeks yes, ago. Yes, we're super excited. And then he gets his release, unfortunately. Okay, so if you're a fan of the Padres, and they release mm-hmm. uh, a close family member of yours, are you still a fan of the Padres? Um, depends on where Sam signs. I mean, he won't go to the Tigers. Uh but if he signs with, let's say Sam signs with uh, the Rays, I think you could still be a Padre fan. Okay. But if he signs with the Giants. What if he doesn't sign anywhere? Worst case scenario. The Padres are responsible for ending his baseball career. Are you still a fan? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You're still a fan. Oh, I mean, I and, you're, and you're thankful for the, the experience that Sam had a chance to live. It doesn't sound like he could have done much better. His numbers were insane. Yeah. Hey, I would have kept him. I love that kid. We're friends on social media. Can you imagine you telling telling Dan, hey, Dan, Jeff, just going to let you know I'm going to release your nephew in about two hours. Well, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds. You would never make that call, of course. He'd be be in the rotation, dude, if it was up to you. Wasn't Greg Booker Jack McKeon's son-in-law? Yeah. Traded him. Yeah. Dude, Doc Rivers trades family members all the fucking (laughs) time. Brothers, sons, son-in-laws, everybody. doesn't matter. You're gone. He'd be like, toughen up. Yeah. Toughen up. (laughs) But uh, <laughs> but no, man, Sam's great. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens for him next. No way do you get called up to AAA and then the game's over. But that, it's just uh, it's just. Well, a, I hope, I hope, I hope everything works out for Sam. Well, I know, like it'll, doing I know right. it'll work out for Sam. Okay, sorry that I'm not negative like you. If sorry. I'm Dan, I boycott the pods until uh, Sam ends up on his feet. Yeah, plus the Kings are going to the uh, on track to go to the playoffs. Just focus on that, Dan. Dave and I'll take care of you. <laughs>
Dan's your guy, though, when it comes to finances. Again, Dan's the one that gets, wants to get you out of debt. We talk about him all the time. He does such a great job. So many of you have called and thanked us or called and said, what's that number again? I do need to talk to Dan. I thought I could handle it on my own, and you couldn't. He wants to get you out of debt. Most importantly, how great would it be to get out of the rental market and buy that first home? Dan can help you do all these things. All you have to do is call him at 858 688 So incredibly important, Dave. And and I was saying on Friday, payday comes in. Yeah. Right? And, man, I've had way too many paydays in my life where the money comes in and then too much goes out. Yeah. And you're like, well. A.J. Preller. Yeah. 50 came in. How did 500 (laughs) go out? Hey, God, that's not working. And when you get it to a point where – you pay the bills, things are current, and you still have something left over, uh, it's incredibly satisfying. And then you start looking ahead. And and so, yeah, I, I would like to get back into the housing market. I, I said yeah. we had a dinner on Friday night, really fun. With uh, Took my mom, my sister, and my brother-in-law for my sister's birthday. And we were just talking, right? We're all homeowners. Yep. We talked about the market and the different things that you see and, and the inventory. And the one thing that, that came across was, boy, if you have your finances in order, you can play in the game. And that's the important thing. So whether it's buying a house today or buying a house three months or six months, first step is getting the finances in order. Please check out the videos that are on our website. You can find the link at DaveAndJeffShow.com. Dan's put them together. They're all done so well, and they're only just a few minutes long. They're quick to watch. You should be watching them with your kids. Uh, but that number, as Dave mentioned, is 858-688-6813. Brian Kurz, you want to talk to when it comes to getting that perfect home? Also, if you're in the market of selling your home, the person that's going to get the most amount of money for it is Brian Curry. If you own a home right now, look it up. See how much is your home worth? It is yeah. absolutely amazing. It is, seems to go up every single week. Brian's your guy. You want to get the most for that home. It can make a huge difference on who you have representing you. Brian's number is 619 619-251-1588. It really is, David. It's important. But I think what we look at is when is the right time to get out, but then where are you going to go after you yes. get out? You have to have that second part. And having somebody on your side that can guide the ship uh, is so, so important because, wow. I mean, with gas, now my kids just got back from a couple of weeks in Guatemala, and they're like, $6.20 a gallon? Like, they're freaked out. And I was like, well, it was above 5 when you left. They're like, I know, but we left two weeks ago. I mean, everything is changing in the market. God, we went... I'll give you a weird story. I mean, this is probably more Dan than it is uh, uh, Brian, but it just tells you how weird everything is. So my kids fly in last night from Guatemala, and it's actually early this morning. So I go down, and I got to pick them up at CBX, which they don't tell me until they're actually standing out in front of CBX. So I'm texting with them and their mom the entire time that they're in line coming through customs. Yeah. And I'm telling them, hey, I'm right by the freeway. I'm right across from, like, the jack-in-the-box. Just come out and go 50 yards up. We're texting for an hour while they're going through customs. And then finally their mom's like, hey, are you at Otai? Like, no. Fuck said anything about going to Otai. 
So I scramble over here to CBX, pick them up. And now because they've been flying for like 20 hours between layovers and shuttles, the whole thing, they're, they're like, oh, we're starving. We're just starving. So it's 3.30 this morning, right? Yeah. So you go local little fast food places. All the drive throughs are closed. We go over to a little taco shop not far from their house, right? You go in. I think they ordered six rolled tacos, a burrito, and a quesadilla, and it was $31. Yeah. You're like, $31, right? I don't know. Sounds like a lot of food. <laughs> go ahead. For, for six rolled tacos, a quesadilla, and a burrito? Yeah. Quesadilla was nine bucks. Okay. So now we walk next door, and I go, hey, I'll just yeah. go grab drinks next door. They sell drinks over there for just a 20 ounce bottle of drinks. They're now 310 a bottle. Yeah. And you're like, holy fuck, right? And we're just saying it's the way everything is. When people are going to buy groceries, no matter what the case is. So when you're buying your house, you're looking at it and you go, damn, you know what would put a lot of money back in the bank yes. is the equity that we have in this property. But on the other side, it's the people selling the house saying, hey, you would put a lot of money in the bank is the equity we have in this property. So you have to be careful and make sure you have somebody that's there to get the most out of the house you're selling, yep. but also make sure you're getting the best deal in the house you're buying. Exactly. Long way of telling you to give Brian Curry a call. Exactly. Taylor May Pools is who you want to go to when you talk about getting that pool. Man, look at the weather we've had Ooh. in San Diego over the last week. It has been absolutely incredible. To enjoy the outdoors with your family, with your friends, to start having the barbecues, everything that goes with the great weather, Alan Taylor's standing by. Let's build the perfect pool for you. Alan Taylor's number is 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. Ask about available financing. I don't know if Alan and his team will build a pool in Salt Lake City, Utah, where Chris Rock should move. But if he would, <laughs> he should think about it and just say, this guy just got the shit beat out of him on live TV for being a big mouth. And he's going to need to relax and think about what he does next. And no place better to do it than in Salt Lake City with a tailor-made pool. Now, a lot of us didn't get beat up tonight. We feel fine. <laughs> but we would still like that benefit. And yeah. we just talked about all the different things where the prices have gone up, right? Prices going up left and right. So why not, as Dave tells you all the time, take advantage of the financing and have a tailor-made pool put in your backyard. Maybe, maybe the market levels out. But even if it does and things become more affordable, Alan and his team don't come over and fold up the pool and take it home. It's yours forever. Yep. And we talk about the equity value in your homes, right? That the equity value goes high. Well, nothing helps it go even higher than a gorgeous pool in the backyard. It all works together. You can see what Alan and his team have done for your neighbors. They can do the same thing for you. Go to DaveAndJeffShow.com. Click on the sponsor page and let uh, see what Alan and TaylorMade Pools have built uh, for those in your neighborhood. And why not have a similar pool built in your backyard? Kyle Flukers, you need to talk to when it comes to your website. Are you getting the business that you want, the traffic you need to your website? Kyle Fluker can help you out with everything, even if you want to start brand new. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Yeah, having a website that works is so incredible. And I, you know what? Shout out uh, to a website that worked great. Now, again, it's, it's a major vendor, right? But NHL.com. Went on NHL.com, ordered something, 
man, they gave you free shipping. And yeah. I had a text message early this morning. Hey, your product's already on the way. And I ordered it on a Saturday and it's on the way Sunday. Now, I'm not saying that's the way your website should be working if you deal in e-commerce, but I'm saying that's what everybody else is doing. So if your website is not performing as strongly as you needed to, give Kyle and his team a call. Absolutely. All right. Hey, by the way, before I get to how old are they and how much are they worth, mm-hmm. um, Kenyatta ran into uh, my son today. I saw that. How Why, did he post that? something? No, he sent me a text. Oh, there you go. That's, that's very nice. That was, that was crazy to me. That was- he, said, uh, he said it was so nice. He said that Josh introduced himself to Kenyatta's girlfriend. Yeah. And he said, man, he's such a good guy. I go, well, that's from Rita because Dave would have fucked that situation I, up. <laughs> Did I 100% told him the same thing? <laughs> I said, that's his mom. Yeah. That's, that's his mother, 100%. Come on, Josh is awesome. That's that, cool, that, right? That, yeah. Uh, it was nice. I hadn't heard from Kenyatta. Uh, I haven't seen him since the movie. Yeah, they've never met. Josh doesn't even live in California anymore, but all of a sudden he's back in town and, and runs into Kenyatta and Josh recognized him. Yeah, dude, how great is Keith? Yeah. How great's that whole group? Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. We'll uh we'll uh I love the fact by the way he calls us big brothers. I always wanted a brother. <laughs> I love that kid. Uh, but it was so nice to hear from him. Yeah. Like it was just great. It was. Um it was. It made my day. So we are starting we'll have to look ahead. Uh we'll figure out the next movie, but we'll yeah. do a movie again in the summer with that same group. I don't know if Pete's gonna be invited, but we'll see. Everybody else. <laughs> Why do you do that to Pete? Why do you do that? I just see Gavin called him Greg the Hammer Valentine. That was funny as fuck. That was funny. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? Going March 27th. We have three of them today. Okay. Mariah Carey. God, I love her. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm with you. She's outstanding. Uh, I'll say 50. 53. Wow. 200 million. $320 million. My God, I love her. (laughs) Next one from the film industry, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino, Dave, let's, uh, this is the game. Okay. Well, we'll do it at the end after all three. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Tarantino's 62. 59. Oh, okay. Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to say 300 million. 120 million. All right. How about that? Wow, I would have felt more like yeah. after the movies he made, but all right. All right, last one is Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. Fergie, uh, 47. Exactly right. That's funny. The one you know the least about. Oh, right. It's like, what the hell? Do you have a poster? What the hell? In your locker? 60 million. <laughs> 60 million. $45 million. All right, let's play the game. We're driving from here tonight, Dave. Tonight's drive is from here. I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. Uh, let's start first with Mariah Carey. How far can you drive? All the way. No doubt about it. All the way. Quentin Tarantino. You know, this is a funny one here. I think I'd go all the way because I find him very interesting. Man, he creeps me out a little bit. He, like, he scares me. He's he's a little creepy, but I swear to God, when he gets wound up yeah. and he's so goddamn funny. Yeah. And, uh, like, when Jamie Foxx tells stories about him on the set and getting into guys, yeah. I think he makes it the whole way. You know uh, who I think he really is in real life? Who's is that? the scene in Pulp Fiction okay. when they tell him this is a great coffee. I know it's great coffee. It's great fucking coffee. Like when he loses his shit. Yeah. I think that's really him. I would think so too. Yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, What about Fergie? Okay, Fergie's interesting. No way do I make it to Salt Lake City. No. But Fergie, I find myself looking at, I know this sounds shallow as fuck. I look at her every time and going, is she hot? Not hot. Every time in my head. At times I I go, man, she's pretty hot. And then I go, no, she's not. I argue with myself all the time over Fergie. I don't know that I make it to the state line. I just feel bad. (laughs) 
people love, by the way, when you do this. I've had people tell me in the last week, this is their favorite part of the show. When you do how far can you drive with somebody? Yeah, I don't think I can because, listen, one thing all of us agree on, whether I like you or not, we're all going to agree on the same thing. I am classy. And the thing <laughs> is, what the fuck? And I think the thing, Dave, is I don't know that I can get to the state line without mentioning what happened at the NBA All-Star Game. And I don't want to bring that up. I bring up to Chris Rock. God, dude, you got emasculated yes, on 100%. the Oscars. And then he wins the goddamn award. Yeah, then he gets on Jesus. and gets to make himself even look even that much better. Gets a wink from Denzel. Yeah. He beat the shit out of you. You didn't even put your hands up. You know that stupid meme from Training Day with Denzel? Yeah. Oh, that's what I was thinking right there where they showed him when they put the camera on Denzel. Dude. Chris Rock looked like Davy Boy Green fighting Ray Leonard. Go watch that knockout. I mean, he didn't get knocked out, but he might as well have. Yeah. He tried to joke about it. Uh, Will Smith just slapped his shit on me. Yeah, we fucking saw yeah, it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Captain Obvious. Um, we saw it. Uh, so I, I don't think I could go very far because I just, I wouldn't want to bring that up. I think that'd be in bad taste. So I'll say, uh, well, I wouldn't drop her off at the, at the world's largest thermometer in Baker. Drop her off somewhere where it's comfortable. Yeah. So... State line or somewhere comfortable, uh, whichever comes first. <laughs> Here we go. Five random questions. Okay. What one album have you listened to the most? Oh, I like that. Um, what one album have I listened to the most? That's really good. I like that. I'm I'll go see. first if you, yeah, if you need time I mean, to think. Yeah. Dude, it's not even close. It's not my favorite album, but Tom by T. far, Hall? no, but by far, I have listened to this more than any other. That it's the only I think album I listened to it on tape at the time. Only okay. cassette I ever had that it wore out. Oh, that's good. Paul Vaden would love me. Thriller, Michael oh, Jackson. Oh, he would. Holy shit, man! We ran the hell out of Thriller. Thriller was really good. Um, I started listening again. Spotify is funny, right? Like because you get away from albums. And you just, you kind of go and do your thing. Boy, I don't, I mean, I I get bored. So I move around so much. Um, I started listening to my guy, Eli, uh, Eli Paperboy Reed again the other day. Yeah. Paperboy Reed has a, has a song or an album that's really, really good. I, I listen to all the time. I would say it's probably Rolling Stones Hot Rocks. Which just really? covers a lot. Like the early stuff. Yeah, probably Hot Rocks. I love the Blasters live. I can listen to that all the time. Yeah. Um, like, I, like my ex, she didn't like live stuff. I always did. I like the food. Uh, yeah. Food, right? But mostly I just make... Uh, I think it was Kayla West in LA on Sunday nights would do live concerts. Oh, that's do really Do you remember good. that? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, hey, uh, exciting news. Before I forget, so we talked about Rusty Nails passing away. Yeah. And I went down the rabbit hole of watching some of the old shows the other day on the air. Because for us, it's all our buddies. And, and I felt bad that we couldn't make it to his memorial service. I heard it was really good. But I was looking at a show the other day and Suda Vincent, who I goddamn love. Suda Vincent, hottest woman ever to work in radio. And there's been some hot women in local radio. 
um, but just also the coolest woman to work in local radio was on one of the shows. Oh, great. So I sent her a text because she's from Boston. And I said, uh, Big Poppy's a cheater. Tom Brady's overrated. Larry Bird can't grow a mustache. <laughs> and Johnny Busick is fragile. Uh, and so I talked to her for yep. about 45 minutes on the phone. We're talking about Sam and everything else. I said, why don't you come hang out? She goes, you know what? I would love that. Cool. So Suda Vincent's coming down, and she's going to be in telling radio stories. But I, I booked another one that I, I, I thought about this one, Dave, and it didn't hit me until I started talking about it. Rick Lawrence is one of the nicest dudes in San Diego radio. But Rick was on Rock 105 in the early 90s. And, man, that was, with all respect to KGB and and KCLX and any of the other stations, dude, Rock 105, and they might have even been Rock 103, like KIOZ. I'm trying to think of what they were because I think they were KIOZ 103. But Rick was the afternoon guy on that. And anywhere these guys did an appearance... Dude, it was unbelievable, like wild. You talked about KLOS. And, you know, Rick's been around and seen it, but he also knows so much about the San Diego music scene and can talk about when Nirvana came to town, when Pearl Jam came to town, when Stone Temple Pilots came to town, because he was the guy introducing everybody. He was the guy backstage. He was at all the parties and and really for lack of a better term, outside of like Halloran from 91X and those guys, uh, Rick and that whole crew probably knows where the bodies are buried. And I reached out to him. I said, dude, will you come down and just tell rock and roll stories about the wild days? And he goes, fuck yeah, I love you guys. I'll come down. Because now people hear Rick and he's doing traffic and he, you know, he emcees the San Diego Music Awards and he was on uh, B100 or, or whatever they're calling KFMB recently. Um, and just the, the nicest dude in San Diego, but, and that day's Dave, he had the long Brett Michaels hair <laughs> and chicks, every chick that was going to those shows wanted to bang Rick Lawrence and he's got a beautiful wife. I, we will, Lydia's awesome, but I'm telling you the stories that Rick Lawrence will tell on this show. People right now are like, what? I just, we don't book people unless I know They've got a laundry list of stories that I don't think you've heard anywhere else. So Suda Vincent will come in, and then Rick Lawrence down the line, too. Two really fun ones. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, All right, here we go. Four more of these. Okay. What one word do you use most often? Fuck. Exactly. Fuck. Okay. Fuck. (laughs) The same with you. Yeah. Next question. Do you sing in the shower? Uh, Sing in the car, and I've been on fire recently. (laughs) I I love it. I love that you call yourself out. No, here's the thing. Go ahead. And this is my knock against uh, Sully and, you know, any radio guy that tries to sing. Yeah. They all do the same thing. And this is what I realized. They all try to just kind of, hey, like they're fucking Gordon Lightfoot. And they're just, you know, they don't go. Listen to any singer, like anybody you like. They fully commit to yes, it. Yes, they do. And any of these guys, TV, radio guys, Goddamn poor Dave Scott. You forced him into retirement. Did you see that? Today was his last day, right? I think so. After 30 years. Is that right? 
Congratulations to Scotty. I don't know if anybody calls him that other than I this show. So. Oh, okay. But you see any of these guys that they sing, and they all fucking pussyfoot it in yeah. and around. They pushed them out, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, too much money. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Come on. That's rude to say to me after I just supported you. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, all these guys. They, you know, Flugs is doing yacht rock or something. You yeah. tune in. Right, he's got his ukulele out there singing somewhere over the rainbow. I fucking take. Somewhere over the rainbow. I'm in the car. Just fucking commit to it. Fuck up words. I don't care. But no, I do, I do not sing in the shower. Do you okay. sing in no, the shower? No, I do not. Never have. No. Never understood that. That's ridiculous. No. Oh, my gosh. Would you shave your head for $1,000? <laughs> not for 1000 No, me neither. Would you do it for 10000 You know what? 10000 would be one of those. I'd go, why not? But here's my biggest fear about shaving my head. Not that mm -hmm. my hair wouldn't grow back. It's, I wonder if I have a fucked up head. Like, mm -hmm. you ever see some people to shave their heads? And I all know of a for sudden, a fact I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? What if you have the ripples in your head? Yeah. Or I've bumped my head so many times that I know I probably have dents in my head yeah. or scars. Like, there's no way I have a good head. Like, I have friends who shave yeah, their right. head. My buddy, boom. Great heads. You yeah. just go, that's a good head. <laughs> that's right. I'm like, dude, I know my head's fucked up. All fucked up. If I don't have the ripples in the neck, which I don't think I have, I, I am pretty sure, dude, I have some scars from banging my head eight million times. But you do this. Well, you just talked about when you're in the shower and you're washing your hair, and all of a sudden you it's just feel. No, you'll feel it. You're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's some kind of like bump or yeah. something. You're like. Fuck is yeah, that? It's like, like and it's always in some weird it spot. Is. True, it's like uh, like John Travolta's chin and like the top of my right. head. You're like, what is that? Ringworm? <laughs> God damn it! Is that one of those murder hornets? <laughs> as soon as you shave your head, that's gonna be the first thing people mm -hmm. see. Oh my gosh! Now I'm gonna say no across the board. All right, here we go. Last question. Okay, who was the best boss you ever had? Uh, Chris Carlin. Okay, I was wondering because you were Chris just talking Carlin. about him a lot in the last couple of weeks. He. Uh, <laughs> he's just dude he's so great and listen let me just say this which i loved reminding of him i loved upper deck as a kid my yeah. I, I mentioned my buddy boom whatever year that griffey card came out i've never been a card collector i was not a card collector but my buddies were yeah. and there was a card store in flower hill and Boom and I went, and he bought, and I remember, right, they had the foil pack. It was no gum. It was no wax. It yeah. was none of that. Beautiful pictures, color pictures on the front and back. And, uh, and Boom got the Griffey card, and he was fired up about it. And so then, as time went on, right, Rosie and I were doing a show from the top of chargers park where we would always sit up there on the on the overhang where we you and i did a thousand shows but rosie yeah. and i were up there and we we were doing a show on the day that major league baseball assigned tops the loan license for trading cards well i get it now but at the time i didn't get it and because upper deck was a carlsbad company and i'd grown up in north county i took it personally and we did just an hour on why this was such a disservice to San Diego. And so at that time, I don't know what Carlin was doing over there, something half-assing it. Uh, I tried to book him. Yeah. And then I tried to book him for our show for a couple of things. Never heard back. 
<laughs> Never heard back. So uh, now I start working with them. And we're, we travel together. I swear, Dave, like when you, when you travel with people at work, you find out a lot quickly. I've never had more fun. <laughs> like Chicago or Toronto, no matter where I went with him, it was L.A., complete gong show, and we laughed all day. Like he was obsessed with making me laugh, and I laughed a lot. But I would say to him all the time, you know, this would have been really good on the radio if you didn't goddamn ghost me all the time. And he loved it. He was like, I don't remember. I'm like, fuck. What are you telling me? I'm like, we were like third place, honorable mention, Blade Citizen, 1999, favorite nighttime radio show. But you don't remember? And he's like, is that true? I go, sadly, I think it was. And he's like, and you remember that? I was like, fuck, if somebody told you your third place, honorable mention? Show to watch, night show? Like, it couldn't be more narrow, and we were shit. Um, but, yeah, he just, dude, it's funny. Like, we're, I'm excited he's in Vegas over the weekend. He's got a new gig. But uh, he and I worked together every day for four and a half years over there and changed a lot, changed a lot of the culture, changed a lot of how we're viewed in the industry. And he, dude, he always looked out for me. Yeah. Always looked out for me. Bruce Gilbert, I yes, think, from Bruce ESPN. Was awesome. Uh, and from ESPN and Fox yeah, was, was awesome. Um, right? I mean, for the year I worked for you, you made it pretty easy. Yeah, over I had to be the easiest possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was pretty good, but you couldn't get us paid without getting us fired. That's so true. Without walking out the door. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, man, Carlin, Carlin will be family for me forever. That's cool. All right, here, real quick. I have three Dodger things I want to point out. Okay, okay. That, that I let me hear. That were interesting. One is, I'm going to go real fast on this because okay. we've been talking for an hour and 40 minutes. Mm. Will Smith did about 10 minutes of that. That was nice of him. <laughs> but, but here we go. Dave Roberts on Dan Patrick show saying we're going to win the World Series. Love it. Go for yeah, it. Why absolutely. Wouldn't you? Every boxer says they're going to win the fight for of a reason. Why put the uniform on if you're going to win? Yeah, of course. 100% fine with it. Nothing I, wrong with that at all. I wish more managers and coaches across the NFL and, and NBA and Major League Baseball would do the same thing. Yeah, I agree. No problem. One thing Dave Roberts said was, um, we're going to win it all because we don't have any egos on this team. Ooh, and and yeah. Max Scherzer was just on while you were talking. And I was thinking, is he talking about Scherzer? Was that a shot at anybody? Or was that a compliment to just the roster? Because uh, I mean, he's never said that before. No, I don't think Scherzer was there long enough for it to be a but shot. But Scherzer pulled a couple things last year that oh, were interesting. Remember that? Don't fucking, don't fucking touch me. Yeah. Remember he dropped that on Dave Roberts and also I'm not pitching in the elimination game. How about that? I mean, those are those are two things that were kind of strange. Yeah, even with that though, Dave, I don't think so. I I just think he, I think he, I think it's more praise of the roster that he has. Yeah, I just and never I heard also, him say it in the entire time. It seems weird. But I also think too that there's a part as a leader that I think what he does is look if you if you manage people, it's really really important what you say in your message, whether you're kicking them in the ass or you're coaching them up. And I think what Dave did there, I was really smart. I, yep. I think as a team, you're like these are the expectations. Yeah. Yep. We're gonna win it. Yep. I, I'm and with he you. thinks we're gonna win it. And he also said, like, I like this group that we have no egos. And I think that sets the tone like, yeah. Check your ego at the door. Yeah. Yep. Don't disagree. All right, here the last one I heard yesterday it was Rick Monday. Okay. Who was doing the game on, on television because whatever the fuck. So Rick Monday is on, but he's talking about coming out of high school and Tom Lasorda trying to get him to sign okay. at a high school. Now, Tom Lasorda at the time was a scout, wasn't manager of the Dodgers. Yep. And Rick Monday was uh, raised by a single mother. 
and she wanted him to go to college, wanted him to go to Arizona State. And Tom sort of comes to the house and he gives submits a contract to Rick Monday. Okay. And his mom says, We aren't signing that. It was, it was like uh, 50000 Yeah. He takes it back, adds another zero. And his wow. mom's like, We won't sign that. And he's added more. He keeps taking it back like three times. And his mom, every time, says, No, he's going to college. And he goes, like the next day, we're going to uh, we're going to a fam- a member of our family who passed away. We're going to a funeral, mm-hmm. and Tommy's there at this at the funeral. And he goes, Tommy gets up out of his seat, walks to the podium, and starts talking about the guy, giving a eulogy about the guy he's never met before. <laughs> Trying to get in, get standing with Rick Monday's mom, so he'll sign with the fucking Dodgers. <laughs> Dude, Dude I when he told that story, I was dying. I was like, holy shit. Talk about doing anything you can to come back to uh, Campanus and going, I got him. I, He's coming. Uh, holy n- shit. 1987, yeah. I moved to London. And there's a lot early on where I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was doing. Number one, couldn't get adjusted to the time. It's eight hours ahead. The restaurants, the accent, right? Like, all of it at the start was a little bit overwhelming for me because I wasn't, dude, I was right out of high school. And my dad, who I'm living with in the West End of London, had the Artful Dodger on his bookshelf there because my dad was living there. And, well, dude, I'm a a Padre fan to the core, but, like, every book over there is, like, the Roger Waters story. And I'm like, well, I don't give a shit about Pink Floyd. I'm like, ah, fuck it. Dude, I'm telling you, Dave, I read a lot of books. Yeah. The goddamn Artful Dodger by Lasorda is by far one of the funniest fucking books I have ever read in my life. It is so great. And it's Tommy, typical Tommy, self-deprecating. Yeah. The whole thing. And I remember, I feel like when we had him on, I told him that story. And and he was great to us. He was great. He'd always come on. Yeah. And, and... I had told him the same thing when I booked for Hank Bauer. Yeah. And by the way, um, I'll end with this. Yesterday, oh my gosh, how many years ago was it? It's uh, I don't know where you're going. I think it, 97. Okay. So what is that, 25 years? Is it yeah. Tw- I think yesterday was the 25th anniversary. Oh, I you're talking about Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. 25th or 27th, yeah. whatever the fuck it's been. No, 25. Yeah. 25 years. I saw it on the news. Okay. So Hank and I, I'm producing for Bauer. I think Kernan had already gone back to the New York Post. And uh, Hank had done a deal with, I think it was TaylorMade. And we were getting, we had no fear would get us guys all the time and TaylorMade. Hank networked unbelievably. And, uh, and so we had been chasing Tiger Woods forever. Now remember, this is 25 years ago before anything. And all of a sudden, they come to us and they say, we got him locked in. It's going to be this night. Earlier in the afternoon, I'm there at KFNB in the newsroom. And there's scanners in the newsroom like you remember. And you hear, you know, 187. And Pat Gaffey goes, oh, my God. And I was like, what? He goes, no, hang on, hang on. And you start listening. And now you're hearing all the bodies being discovered. This is like 1 o'clock in the afternoon we're there. So, I don't know, KFNB sends a whole team out there. Hank and I come on at, like, 6 o'clock. So, it's been wall-to-wall coverage from, like, 1 until 6 of Heaven's Gate. So, Hank says to Cliff Albert, hey, uh, 
you know, why don't we take a break from this? Hit the reset button. Because I got, I got Tiger Woods coming on. And I'm like, you know, I think that's a great idea. I think everybody just needs to clear their mind, and we can circle back to it at, you know, seven. Huh? Cliff, huh? Nah, guys, uh, we're going to go wall to wall. And Hank goes, all right, well, Cliff, we've got Tiger Woods, you know, hottest young name in golf booked for today. Uh, sorry, Hammer. We're going wall to wall. God damn it. They're still going to be dead in an hour. It's Tiger Woods. Now I'm doubled over. Uh, wall to wall. So we go in and the hotline starts flashing. Yeah. I pick it up. Hey, uh, stand by. We got Tiger Woods. I said, hang on. So I go, Hank, hotline. Hank picks it up. Talking. Yeah, we're so sorry. We did everything we could. We got preempted. Tiger is apparently telling Hank, I saw the story. Let's reschedule. So for 25 years, Hank and I have had a, an ongoing joke of like, Tiger call back yet? Never called back. <laughs> which we rode, uh, which we rode Cliff Albert about forever. But Hank, I, so I sent it to Hank yesterday on social media. And Hank sent me a funny thing back. He goes, man, I remember you when. And it made me think, the one thing I want to say about Hank Bauer is this. When I first started working for him, he and I would butt heads a lot. But Hank did something that Dave, it absolutely changed my life. And, and full credit to him. When we first started, he told me, dude, in everything you do, think big. Think big in your life. Don't ever settle. Think big. And he drove it into my head. And you think about different things that people have said to you that really impacted you. And at that time, right, whether, whether I knew the impact that it had, but later on as we book guests, we always went yeah. big. For you and I, when we did the show, we always tried to go big. And it was probably one of the things that, in no fault of, of Hank's, but it, it probably made me fucking neurotic and why that business fucked me up so much. Because you always wanted to be better. You always had to do it. But the thing that I loved was Hank was that guy. And so yesterday, when you know he's kidding around saying, hey, I knew you when. Dude, it's just like, it's such an amazing day and amazing memory. But I don't talk about those shows that much. But I really do. I thank Hank and I thank Kevin so much for that. Because those guys, for me as a kid that had never really done that, uh, they would tell you every day, dude, think big, man. Like, you can do it. You got this. And it was great. I love those dudes. So, yeah, perfect way to wrap up. Goddamn. And, and hey, listen, <laughs> tomorrow may not be great, but just remember, everybody, just remember, you did not get the shit beat out of you on live <laughs> TV. national TV, worldwide. Yeah, you did not get emasculated. You got this. As my man Hammer would tell you, think big. You are not going to be on the front page of every paper tomorrow. Just going, oh, Damn it. Kent Benson's like, finally, my burden is left. <laughs> we'll see you on Wednesday.
end it all with the smoke on the beach Conversations out on the pier We'll always entertain it even before we could buy beer Walk to the park, speak our minds Maybe talk the rock Backstreet door, I laugh so hard I can't 